welcome to Wrestling with the Angels, a podcast that hopes to encourage you as we limp along this life together. My name is Zach. I'm here with my good friend and co-host Clint, and we actually have a guest on today. It's our friend Reagan, and the uh, topic today is we're talking about Jesus, and we're talking about him from our own experiences, and um, and really we kind of wanted to start off with the Apostles' Creed. I yeah, think. so we would all three, and, and Reagan, so people know you're there, you can say hey, say hello. Hello. <laughs> so oh, Re- yeah, and and we're being high-tech today. Yeah, man. Because Reagan is not in studio. No, he's on the phone. He's over the phone. We're yeah. like, we're it's happening We're now. We're expanding yeah. our reach. Right. So now we have, Watch gone out, from, world. we have gone from the city we're in to now we're in another city. Yeah. Because Reagan is somewhere else. But uh, Reagan's a friend of ours. He's Reagan, are you still in law school? <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, I, didn't, I, didn't know out. <laughs> I didn't know if he'd graduated. Come on, man. He just got in like last year. You don't, know, I don't, you don't do I law school in a year. I don't know how long that stuff takes. Right? It's like four years, right, Reagan? Three years. So I have two years left. Yeah. Okay. So he got into it two years ago. So he's halfway done. What? You yeah. are terrible at math. Is that what he said? He said it's three years. Oh, three he's got years. two years left. You're okay. supposed to be the one that's good at math. All right. I'm not good at math. Anyway, so we had we wanted to have Reagan on because uh, all three of us, in a, in a in a attempt to be transparent, have sort of gone through some sort of theological transition over the last yeah. We actually year did an episode on it called spiritual renovation, yes, yeah, so as opposed you, to deconstruction. Yeah, so if you want to go back and listen to that and hear it from Zach and I's perspective, and we won't ask Reagan to really dive too much into that uh, in this brief episode, but uh, we wanted to start this episode with something we can all affirm. And that is who Jesus is from a theological perspective. And so we uh, have here pulled up the Apostles' Creed, which is a traditional Christian confession, if you will, uh, about who Jesus is. And it's based on Scripture. Anyway, it says, uh, I believe, or we believe, in Jesus Christ, his only Son, God the Father's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I just have to comment on how you said Pontius. That's probably the first time you've ever said it that way. Uh, You say Pontius, right? Like the whole rest of the world? I don't know how I say it. I don't know how I say it. I don't really say that name You don't say Pontius, though. I say Pontius. Do you yeah. really? Boom. Am I the only redneck that says Pontius? Pontius, I think, is the lazy way to say it, which is fine. When <laughs> no, you're no, 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 no. Pontius it. is pinky up. Pontius is when you're which with is correct. Is when you're with your friends. Anyway, we're we're getting off topic. Uh, <laughs> so we can all affirm that everybody would say Amen. To what, Except what, to the Pontius, but yeah. what we just read, and uh, two out of three of us would affirm Pontius as the correct <laughs> reading. Schism of his name. (laughs) Yeah, we're not going to be able to be friends after this. Uh, Anyway, so we affirm that statement, and but I think based on the situation that we're in in our lives, the 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 you know Zach and I being parents, being husbands, Reagan, you're a single guy, you're in college, uh, away from family, in a different faith tradition than you were a short period of time ago. um, The our experience of who Jesus is. may have some commonalities, but also different. So that's kind of what I want to talk about today in, hope, in hopes that somebody listening to this can be encouraged that while their experience of who Jesus is may look a lot different than the people around them, 
um, that we can affirm a common position on who Jesus is and what that looks like in our lot daily lives and how that's outworked can be different. So who wants to start? I'll kick us off. Um, yeah. So I, I love the apostles creed. Um, I say it devotionally. Uh, uh, I've actually got, uh, Jude sayings of like a, uh, like the first three lines. Yeah. That's your son for those who don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would say that the most persuasive element or the most moving element to me is not the historicity or the factual, um, that factual account. <clears throat> um, you know, I, one of my favorite texts is Luke 24, mm-hmm. where Jesus expounds on Scripture and he points, he says, it all, uh, it all points to me, essentially. And then... Uh, he leaves, he leaves the, those two disciples. And then they talk about, did our hearts not burn within us? Right. As he disclosed about himself and as in, or revealed about himself in the scriptures, which I, which I read that now is that that's an emotional response mm-hmm. to what happened based on facts though. Yeah, that, so that's, absolutely. I don't want to be, I don't want to void of truth. Right. I don't want to say that the historicity or the facts aren't important, important yeah. but the moving aspect or the most persuasive aspect is how Jesus meets my needs. Um, because I am all too aware of how sinful I am, my behaviors are, my thoughts are, and I need him to be true. And when I, you know, Romans 5, 8, that uh, pivotal verse that, that talks about how um, while, we were yet while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The and godly for the ungodly. I need that to be true so bad and that when I hear those truths, those gospel truths, uh, my heart is moved and to belief. Um, so it's less of like seeing the Apostles' Creed as true and then that being like a core thing. It's, it's more of my heart being stirred within me to see Jesus for who he is and how he meets my, all of my needs. Yeah. What, what would you have to add to that, Reagan? What, what's been your experience with the person of Jesus? Well, uh, just a heads up, I've been, I, I've been Lutheran for a little over a year now. And I think how I've experienced Christ has really changed dramatically since I've undergone that transition. Um, and I think this difference is really shown in the, in what I think about the Lord's Supper now. Mm. Um, Used to, used to, uh, I experienced Christ only in the abstract, basically. Christ was for everyone in general, but I didn't get the feeling that he was necessarily for me personally. He was always a distant, impersonal idea for me to believe in and never a savior that was near to me. But now I recognize that in the supper, Christ comes to me personally in his flesh and blood and gives me the forgiveness, the life, and the salvation that he won for me on the cross. All that stuff that he did for me in his article of the Apostles' Creed, he comes to me personally and applies that to me. And he basically tells me, don't worry, you're mine, 
and I will never cast you out. And, uh, yeah, it's a profoundly intimate connection with Christ that I never really experienced prior to becoming Lutheran. Mm. So as often as you take the Lord's Supper, uh, communion, for those who may, may be listening to this and unfamiliar with that term, uh, as often as you take it, you experience Christ, you experience Jesus um, in, a, in a tangible way every time. You're- yes, every time. In fact, weekly, like I said, Christ comes to me personally in his flesh and blood to impart to me the forgiveness that he won for me. And, and, why, and I guess I could ask, like, why is that important? Like, why, why is it important for you to experience that? Whereas before, it was seemingly not necessarily unimportant. You just weren't aware, maybe, that the, of that uh, aspect of, of the Lord's Supper. But now that you are aware of it, what, what, what difference does that make for you? Well, I think a lot of people in Christianity that the Christianity today are really looking for a way to have a personal connection with Christ. And they do all types of things, try all types of prayers or fasts or whatever else it is. And they're trying to fill that hole, that hole of a need mm-hmm. for a personal connection with their Savior. And I really think what's missing is this doctrine, the Lord's Supper, where Christ comes to you personally in his flesh and blood, physically. And he tells you, you're his. He loves you. He will never let you go. Yeah, I like what you said, because you're saying, you know, you're talking about it differently, but you're saying the same thing as I am, where... uh, yeah, those historical facts that we read about in the Apostles' Creed are important. But what is so moving to you and, and persuasive to you about our faith is the fact that Christ meets that need, that need of needing to be affirmed, needing to feel love, needing to be forgiven, needing to be redeemed. Um, and I, I have an, you know, and you may agree with this, Reagan, of an all too... Um, real sense of my uh, deficiencies mm-hmm. and needing a savior. And so when he communicates those to me, those things to me in the sacraments, but also just in who he is as a person, um, those needs are met and I can't help but devote my life to him um, because of those things. Yeah. And I think too, Amen. yeah, I think uh, also, lest we we think that Christ only does those things in in the supper uh, or in baptism or other um, explicit what we would call sacraments of the church um, we see that in he does this too also in some way in prayer in our reading of the Bible uh, in corporate worship when we gather with other people who are like-minded in conversations like this um, amongst like-minded people uh, and then also for me, where my experience of Jesus has become um, something more sweet and more enjoyable and more tangible for me, and not all, it doesn't always come from uh, like a good thing. It can it can be in those moments after I've 
been angry mm. or after I have um, had a, a sinful thought or desire. Um, it's a reminder by thinking back on the last time I took the Lord's Supper or thinking back on my baptism or praying in those moments or, or hug, something as simple as hugging my child after I've had to get on to them for something and being reminded that that's what God does for us in Jesus every time. Um, yeah, I like, I like what Reagan said that um, he will not abandon us. Yeah. Um, and and, so when we, and these when are we things speak those promises to our children. Right. It's in a it, it is in a sense a reminder to our own selves mm-hmm. that this is how God feels about us. And these things we're talking about are not historical facts. They're assertions that are made about our faith that our heart just clings onto. It latches onto because there is a there's this longing that we have that maybe I and I say we I'm talking about us on this podcast. Others yeah. are free to disagree. Um we have this sense of longing and our, our hearts just grasp onto these assertions, these, and they are true. We believe them to be true, but they are assertions. You can't prove he will not abandon you. That's something I affirm and believe that's asserted to me, proclaimed to me. Yeah. And you, you, you often believe it because it, he hasn't, you know, Uh right. You have this this experience that he hasn't done it. And, and then he says he will not do it. Well, and he communicates that to me. Yeah. You know, Reagan says he communicates it in the Lord's Supper. I think he communicates it through his word, mm-hmm. through prayer, um, like you were mentioning. Um, you know, and one other way I'll mention uh, that I experience Christ now, whereas before I didn't really, um, is experiencing him through acts of service to my neighbor. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, especially those that... Um, I might find difficult to serve. Uh, I meet Christ there. Um, uh, I even display Christ there. And there's this real sense of communion that I get um, from being able to uh, receive him and then dole him out as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. Reagan, is there, is there a, um, another instance in which you, you experience Jesus? Like I would say, Maybe for those people who aren't involved in the faith tradition you are, um, where that view of Christ and the supper isn't necessarily put forth, even if it's even if it's believed even passively, it's not really explicitly taught. Is there is there a a I guess more ordinary means of grace through which um, you experience Jesus? Yeah, uh, I think like Zach was saying. Uh, the great thing about Christ is that he recognizes how silly and how forgetful we are. And he goes over and beyond. He has a myriad of ways that he commute communicates to us, his love for us and his grace to us. And I think I just agree with Zach, you know, helping others. When I perform some type of self sacrificial service upon a brother I I experience Christ yeah I experience his love for me and I know that if it was just me I would not have done that mm. Christ had to have done that through me amen and that's what we want to do today we want to experience Christ today um, through all the myriad of ways, as Reagan said. Um, 
And until next time, may the Lord mix the channel for his peace.